Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, February 1st, 2024. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adio A. Jr. Joining me is the OLED uncle, Tim Geddes. That's what they call me. That's what they call me. Bless yesterday, I was telling everybody, my OLED is on the way. Yeah. My Steam Deck OLED. I'm becoming a deck boy, yep. joining the few, the proud. Welcome. Many at this point, I'm not so sure. But yesterday, it was pouring rain in san francisco it was pouring rain it was, like, it was it was bad i was woken up last night by what i thought was the apocalypse going on outside very 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 bad very very wet all yeah. right and i was like all right cool got the notification that my steam deck has been delivered and i was thinking i'm not home mm-hmm. g is not home there's a chance that my steam deck is just sitting out there in the pouring rain all day from 10 a.m yesterday until like six or seven last mm-hmm. night i pull up last night and i just see a box mm-hmm. just getting just so soaking wet, mm-hmm. sopping, even. Yeah. disgusting. And I picked up Gia and I pulled up and I was telling her, I was like, I, I, I want it to be here. I hope it's not stolen. Mm-hmm. A. I also hope it's not just soaking wet. See it. I'm like, oh, we're so fucked. We're so fucked. Yeah. I walk up to it. I look. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. My Steam Deck is safely inside the gate. Dry. Oh, okay. Gia's Thank book God. that she ordered. <laughs> you can get oh, another no. book. You know, these OLEDs. You fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah, like fucking a book. There's your goddamn uh, right, Gia. Oh, you're read? trying to better yourself? Uh, get wet. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking Who, about uh, here? Was, was this the latest Harry Potter? Do those come out anymore? <laughs> <laughs> What's she reading? Fucking Animorphs, dude. Like, Jesus God, Christ. But no, here. we're out here, everybody. Goosebumps. We got the OLED. And it is It is beautiful. And I am absolutely obsessed with one thing and one thing only, mm-hmm. and that is Celeste 64. I didn't even know it ran on the Steam Deck. It does. You got to do some workaround stuff, but I'm, you know, I'm learning. Your boy's out here. Your deck boy's about to become Looking a deck man. Videos. Uh, with with Roger as my my Sherpa here. He's oh, giving yeah. me all the different um Listen, YouTube if, things. If to you watch. need the hookup on um some games, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> allegedly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> some yeah. games. If you need the hookup, some games. Let me know. But bless the honestly, this OLED thing, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I not perfect. But like, you know, that's some Tim bullshit. The haptics, I just love haptics too much, man. I've yeah. gotten to a point that like, I think they matter to me more than they matter to most people, but I'm happy that they also seem to matter to game developers because mm-hmm. they'd be going off with this haptic shit on the HD rumble on the Switch side and the uh, DualSense uh, haptic stuff that they have. It's just so good, so immersive, so much better than whatever we have here. Yeah. When I, this does have haptics, and I was touching these touchpads. I'm like, ooh, that feels, the touchpads are nice. that feels nice. That feels good. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I have hope. And then I booted up Spider-Man. I was like, no, no hope. But it's beautiful, and it runs amazing. And the PSN remote play, so much better looking than the PlayStation Portal. Yeah. So much better. Oh, yeah. Uh, so a lot, a lot of wins there. But Celeste 64, the biggest win of them all. I've seen Andy play through this thing, and I'm like, this looks awesome. For people that don't know about Celeste 64, <laughs> Kevin's right there. What's Kevin? Look at <laughs> Have you seen? Kevin, can you come here? Can you show them? Have you them seen what? the videos of like the like the guy who has like the brightest flashlight of all time, and he like shines it? What the? Fuck? It was raining, so there may or may not be a leak in the studio. Kevin's trying to check it out, and yeah, from in the darkness, ah, uh, it doesn't sell as well here. It is a bright ass. Yeah, light. he's like 
like standing in the darkness and it's like it's fucking like we're I feel like a deer in headlights where headlights just turn on. I'm like, what is going on here? That's so funny. But uh Celeste 64 um from the creators of Celeste uh made in a week. It's just a small little game, it's essentially a 3D low poly version of Celeste. This is a new game, it's not actually a remake. Um, but Celeste, it might be the most me and you thing ever. I know of all time i i forget if i told you this it was, it was somebody else but like i saw it happening live where i was just scrolling on twitter and then i see a tweet from i think it was lana rain or somebody who had retweeted it of celeste 64 made it in a week it's out now and i'm like what <laughs> like I, like literally i hadn't seen anything else about it so i'm like this can't be real right and i click it download it boot it up and i'm like Oh, this is just a 64, like a Nintendo 64 version of, of Celeste. It is a, it's a full small game. Uh, Andy said he beat it in like between one and two hours. Yeah. Um, and I was looking on YouTube and like, there's like speed runs from like normal people that are getting it done in like 40 minutes. So I'm like, all right, cool. Playing it for not even that long, mind you, mm. but just playing it. I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is such a dream It's very thing. charming. Is there any way we can get audio for, for that part we just saw? Yeah. For when she gets the strawberry. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to Lena Rain on the on the soundtrack. Like, come on. So oh, they know that they're what they're doing there. The music, it's like using the same sound fonts as like Mario 64, but it's yeah. Lena Rain going off, yeah. right? So the general music totally fits the Mario 64 vibe. Getting the, the strawberry, you get the little Mario 64 type jingle. But what blew me away is it's Mario 64 type look and aesthetic, mm -hmm. but in a Bowser's Fury type setup where it's just like one big world with a bunch of different challenges mm -hmm. but then bless they go one step further you can find the little cassette tapes that like lead you to the the challenge levels like that you yeah. didn't celeste but they're set up and sound exactly like the mario sunshine bonus levels mm -hmm. like remember in mario sunshine when you would uh go to inside a cave or something you go into a level and they strip you of flood the flood yeah and it was just like they're they, like oh let's actually make a good game and then the music would be like the 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 like acapella versions of the Mario themes. They do that exact same thing here. That's awesome. It is just it is just such a love letter to like every generation of 3D Mario, but it's Celeste. That's incredible. And it's free. I need to get and to it. And it runs on the Steam Deck. I 100% need to get to it. I think oh. another thing you need to get to. Mm. Um, did you play Neon White when it came out? Yes. Did you be, play through it? Did you play a lot? I didn't of it? end up beating it, but okay. I played a lot of it. Gotcha. Yeah. Neon White, that, that shit hit different on the Steam Deck. Yeah. It, it, I, it, neon, the Steam Deck is the reason I have like hundreds of hours in Neon White. Yeah. Yeah. I played it on Switch, so. Oh, okay. So you yeah. already have that. I, I have okay. that. Yeah. That was a, plane, uh, a, a flight to Texas game for me. Do you have like a list of games that you plan to get to for the Steam Deck? Yeah, most of them start with the words Tony and Hawk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, it's my, my biggest thing is I'm prepping for uh, the inevitable Final Fantasy VII Rebirth grind. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to play Rebirth on the Steam Deck? Is your plan? I'm going to play it majority on my TV, but when Gia is watching TV or yeah. we're watching whatever bullshit <gasps> we're watching, I'm sitting there Excited making my cloud stronger. <laughs> <laughs> right, OLED, yeah, baby. Make that cloud stronger let's go <laughs> no uh, honestly though really excited about this like this yeah. is i'm excited for you it is the steam deck i was telling nice. you like i was obsessed with it when i got it right like i could and i still boot it up every now and then it's the thing now where i'm like now that i'm past that honeymoon period i have so many different choices for platforms to play things on and i'm still like the playstation is kind of still my home when i'm like okay yeah let me get a new triple a game but Every, every now and then I boot up my Steam Deck and I just start playing just some random games that I got. Why not? Some random games. Some, you know? Well, I mean, also that's the thing is uh, um, uh, uh, Hellscape, which I just got obsessed oh, with last yeah. week. Like it's coming to early access. A uh, lot of Steam Next Fest demos are popping right now. Dude, Tales of Zanzara. Yeah. I am it's out well, for the demos out now. So exciting. 
especially coming off of uh, Prince of Persia Lost Crown. Like I all eyes on that game. Yeah. Like I, I think that it is going to hit. And uh, I rewatched the trailer last night and I'm just like, God damn, man, I am so ready. Having just finished Prince, I'm like, I want more. Yeah. But oh, you know what? Uh, Steam Deck. Hollow Knight. I think that Ooh, might, that might be the thing. fuck. Yeah. You're going to be a Hollow Knight sicko. I am. I can see it in it's, you. Yeah. I can see it in yeah. your eyes. You got the Hollow Knight sicko gene in you. Like, Jin has the devil gene. Uh, enough about all that. Let's talk about today's stories, which include new PlayStation handheld rumors, a quick state of play recap, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about live right here on YouTube, Twitch, and on podcast services around the globe if you love what we do please support us with the kind of funny membership on patreon or youtube to get all of our shows ad free watch us record them live and get a daily exclusive show for a chance to be a part of the show some of your thoughts and opinions as youtube super chats as we go housekeeping for you our state of play reactions from yesterday are up right now along with our games cast breaking it all down that's over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games We've also teamed up with the Indie Exchange for the Ultimate Spring Game Showcase. The game submission deadline for the Mix slash KF Spring Showcase is tomorrow. Head over to kindoffunny.com slash Spring Showcase to get your game submitted. Thank you to our, our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Uh, Terry brought to you by the Kind of Funny membership, but we'll tell you about that later. I also might need to go back and find the Patreon producers because I just realized it's February 1st. Oh, it's February. You're but, right. Yeah, we'll return to that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, a new PlayStation handheld seems to be in early development. Uh, this comes from a source. I believe it's WCCF Tech. I, this is one of the ones where I forgot to copy it over. So what we're going to do, we're going to highlight a bunch of the text. We're going to paste it in Google. We're going to see the first thing that pops up. It is WCCF Tech and is written by Francesco DeMeo. A new PlayStation handheld powered by AMD is in early development, and it'll apparently be compatible with both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 titles. As reported by Moore's Law is Dead in a new YouTube video, the Japanese company is apparently planning to re-enter the handheld market with new hardware. The console will be powered by a custom AMD APU and is currently in the high-level design phase, meaning that it is at least two years away and hasn't been greenlit for release yet. The specs for this new PlayStation handheld have yet to be defined, but Moore's Law is Dead speculates it's likely to utilize 18 CUs uh, to maintain compatibility with all PlayStation 4 titles available on the PlayStation Store. In addition, the console will be compatible with PlayStation 5 titles as well, although developers would have to patch them uh, to make them run properly on the console. As such, it's plausible the new system's GPU could run at 1.8 gigahertz or slower due to the PlayStation 5's variable clock speeds. While the new PlayStation handheld could be just two years away, there's a chance that it will take more time to release uh, uh, if it is greenlit, as it has been suggested to Moore's Law is Dead that the console will be part of the PlayStation 6 family, releasing as a handheld alternative meant for the Japanese market. Tim, mm -hmm. a lot going on here. A lot going on. This is one of those, I think, grain of salt situations. I, I think it's less grain of salt. I think it's more, this is happening, has happened, but this is the end of it. Like, I, I think that it's more like an exploratory research type situation where yeah. they're constantly looking into R&D, right? They're looking into things. And I feel like it'd be silly for any of the major players to not be at least considering having some type of 
mobile solution for mm -hmm. their uh for gaming um as you know yeah we talk, just talked about what the steam we just deck. talked about the right? kind of changed the the game a little bit when it came out and i think it kind of and you know the switch the switch also the groundwork the game, yeah. and then but having the, the a mobile computer and like where it goes from just being a novelty to being uh something that designer that developers are having to design their games around um to be able to serve that audience and i think that we're already kind of seeing that happen mm -hmm. um i would not be surprised if eventually we do get a another playstation handheld but i do not think it'll ever be the the playstation portable 3 or the vita 2 or whatever you want to call it like i think it would be a portable way to play your ps5 slash 6 Slash whatever games right like mm -hmm. i think it'd be more like a in addition to type situation as opposed to uh this and that yeah um, so I, I i think that here with what we're talking about i don't expect that we're going to see a, a playstation handheld in the next two years you know uh, mm -hmm. i could see this being a, a further down the line but then talking about potentially playstation 6 alignment that that adds up a lot more to me i think we'll get something i don't think it's going to be this the tough thing to try to pin uh pin down here for me is if this is a PlayStation 6 thing, right? If we hold this for when that comes out, if we're taking the article as is and the reporting as is, right? It looks like they're talking about it being able to play all PS4 titles and then the PS5 titles that developers are able to patch or opt into. I wonder if that works. Like, I wonder if during the PlayStation 6 era, people are like, oh yeah, I'm willing to buy a new handheld that's only playing previous generation games. That doesn't seem like a, a great sell, sell to me unless you do get it out, let's say, toward the end of the PlayStation 5 cycle and that gives people that jump, at least in the first year or two of it being out of, oh, yeah, no, I can play the current games that I'm, that I'm playing currently. And then those first couple of years, the PS6 be like, okay, well, I'm still, there are still cross-gen titles coming out here that make sense for me to buy yeah. on the PlayStation. Or on cloud, the which is only improving. And by yeah. then, hopefully, will work way better than it even does now. So, yeah, I, I'm with you in that like, it's, it's kind of wild to imagine that PlayStation 6 games will also be able to run on a handheld. But... I don't know, man. We're years away and tech's advancing so quickly that everything is always rushing up. But I do feel like we're getting closer and closer to a point of no return where you can't develop that much because it's just ballooning too much, right? Like mm -hmm. it's like too triple, too many A's, quadruple A's. Soon there's going to be 18 A's, too yep. many A's. Uh, and I feel like they're going to scale back to an extent uh, of at least the kind of barrier to entry of these games being able to run on things. Um, because if there's a market out there, if there's more machines they can put their games on, they're going to want to do that. Yeah. So do you think it ends up being, let's say this does come out in the PlayStation 6 family of consoles, like it comes out during that era and it is, hey, this is able to play PS4, PS5, and then let's say PS4 games, all of them, some PS5 games and then some PlayStation 6 games, probably mostly through cloud or whatever it is. Do you think that's a good sell? Do you think that's something that excites the audience? I do, but I also, I don't think it's going to be that though. Like I, I don't no? see them doing something that isn't like advertised as working with current gen. Current yeah. gen being at that time PS6. Like I think that it, it very much is I going to I mean, that's what be, cloud comes in. That's how cloud No, no, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like, like, I don't think that the marketing pitch is play your PS5 games. I think it's going to be play your PS6, play your PlayStation games, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that is enticing. And again, we're looking at the future a little bit. Like, I feel like even that is enticing right now. We're just not fully there yet. We're closer than I ever thought we would be, even with the PlayStation portal. Like it just, it has a defined use, which is cloud and it works. Yeah. It doesn't work amazing. It doesn't like do every single thing perfectly. It has weird issues with a uh, proprietary Bluetooth and things like that. But like the product does work and it's not that expensive. So 
thinking a few years down the line from now, and that's also a niche product, right? Yeah, that that sure. is something that it has a specific use case and they are marketing to that specific use case. This is, I think, a much bigger deal. Yeah. And their specific use case is, I think, a lot less specific. It's a lot more broad oh, yeah. and uh, out for, like, I, I think that, again, I've said this many times in the last couple of weeks, but I do think that the Steam Deck has broadened the concept of not only PC gaming, but handheld gaming. Like uh, be taking people off of their PC desk setup to just be able to play their games untethered, uh, a luxury. Yeah. Us Nintendo. Fans I mean, honestly, as like as you're talking about it, it's crazy that we've looped back around in this way where handheld gaming was such a, you know, late '90s into 2000s thing of oh yeah, you have the Game Boy, we're playing Tetris, we're playing Pokemon, we're playing whatever, right? You get the Game Boy Advance, you get the uh, DS and the PlayStation mm -hmm. uh, Portable, and it felt like you know the handheld gaming market was getting a little bit more advanced, but then Mobile gaming was the death of it. I can't believe we looped back around to where handheld gaming seems viable and even thriving again. I know it's different now, but... But, but why is it different, though, right? Like, what mm -hmm. is the difference? Like, what is that loopback? The loopback is the dream of they're not handheld games. Yeah, console you're, you're games playing the games that you're playing handheld. anyway. Yeah. yeah, and that's such an... I, like, I can't believe we're here. And I do... I, I, I think this is fascinating for the bullet point of... And this is so, it's so funny that we're talking about this so early on, right? But the bullet points of what is going to make next-gen next-gen? If we're talking about the PlayStation 6 and the next Xbox, right? Not just like the Xbox Series X Pro or whatever they call it, right? But like the next generation, quote unquote, of Xbox, and they do generations still. What is going to be the selling points on the box to make you go, oh, damn, I need to get the new one, right? Like, is it just going to be, oh, man, the graphics are better? Or is it going to be 8K is now normal or whatever it is? I do think that going, hey, we have a family of devices that allows you to play at your home setup with the biggest tv and the you know hdr and all this stuff but then you can take those same games and play death stranding 2 on the go or mm. play bloodborne 5 on the go or whatever it is right bloodborne 2 i guess by that time you know, no, that feels that like a point, playstation bloodborne remaster yeah bloodborne exactly. remaster. You get uh, bloodborne in 60 yeah a second, you're gonna love it that, ex that that excites me even more than if you were to go oh yeah the games look better like mm. you're telling me that no we want to try and curate this experience where you have all these different ways to play, which feels like what PlayStation is trying to do right now with the PlayStation portal and with like the, the edge and the headsets and all the stuff that they're trying to do to like broaden up the hardware library of PlayStation. If you're able to do that with the PlayStation six and go, Oh, we also have a handheld. So where, so now you can play anywhere and it isn't just streaming. It is, you're playing these games natively. That is an, ex that's a very exciting feature. It, in it my definitely opinion. is. And you know, you're, you're kind of touching on, I think a very interesting, bigger conversation, which is, where can next generation go in terms of pushing the tech of, you know, forever with games, it's graphics, 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 and you can compare the NES to SNES, obviously, N64 to GameCube, you see the advancements. We all look at the PS4 to PS5 generation, and, you know, the advancements are, are definitely there, and they're all under the hood, but it was faster load times, SSD, haptics, 3D audio. It's starting to, like, refine as opposed to, like, push forward in a major way. Mm. And again, looking at a, a game on PS4 and looking at the PS5 version of it, for the most part, you you can see the difference. You understand what's happening, but it's not like it's the most necessary thing in the world. It's a selling point to the people that care like us, yeah. but it's not necessarily like as obvious of a difference as it used to be, especially when some of the biggest games like a God of War Ragnarok yeah, are out on PS4, they're cross PS5. Yeah. right? And like the no real negatives right like yeah. I, I, like that's so surprising that it's like the, those games came out and people loved them on ps4 and we played them on ps5 but like there yeah. wasn't any like oh man it's barely Even, working I mean, Elden type. ring 
by one of the best games of the last probably ever and one of the biggest open like biggest open world games one of the most intense like good looking the well like well designed visually games is on ps4 right it's on last gen yeah and we're i think we're hitting the point of diminishing returns of yeah we just put this on cross generation and i think we're at an interesting point and we'll talk about this later but mm -hmm. when you look at things like alan wake 2 and then you look at what kojima's got cooking and the way he talks about his games and i understand those are two examples of you know we use the word auteur a lot and like i do think that they are perfect examples of auteurs flexing their 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 artistry yeah, yeah um but i think that we are getting closer and closer to the actual mix of live action and gaming than we've ever seen and we've seen dabbles a bit before but it's like i do think that that is that next step right like what's the next we're getting so close to real mm -hmm. why isn't it just fucking real yeah and you sound like a crazy person right I, now <laughs> no i know i know but like it's happening already like mm -hmm. it's we're seeing it now and it's like imagine what that's going to look like next generation right yeah we're already when people are uh, these big triple a narrative games like these actors are acting man they're not just kind of like doing doing motion capture it's like no they're oh yeah they're out there doing the damn thing and it's like what's the difference between them having a bunch of green dots on them and them just being filmed mm -hmm. there is no difference well yes yes there is no difference but i'm talking about like an end result of the game like if it ends up just being actual live action stuff now we're starting to get into some like scary ass realms yeah. of like like real people being manipulated and all that which is going to happen yeah, um, yeah, yeah my point is though i do think that we're, we're getting so close to a, a a breaking point of pushing the graphics of games that like it's just going to hit a point that if realism is the goal and games have only proven that realism it, yeah. is the goal it feels like it's we're already there almost yeah yeah and i'm also like i mean yeah i don't know that's a very that's a very fascinating thing uh, thing to me because it is i i go back to playing games on the playstation 2 or playing games on the playstation 3 especially and me being like Man, NBA 2K on PlayStation 3 looks real. Mm -hmm. I can't tell the difference between this and fucking real-ass basketball. And then you get to the PS4, and then you look back at PS3, and you go, oh, actually, no, that didn't look that good, right? Now that we're at the PS5, I don't know we talk about God of War being cross-gen or whatever, but I'm playing Tekken 8 right now. I go back to Tekken 7, I look at it, and I'm like, this game does not look good anymore. Yeah. Like, this game sure looks bad. And there's some PS, like, I would say earlier PS4 games where it is, oh, yeah, these don't look as pretty as i remember them being and i wonder if that is just going to uh, continue to some extent i know that as we get further it is like more and more of a minuscule uh, degree but i feel like we're still a ways off from hitting the point where it's like okay what's the point of even upgrading the the, the, the visual elements anymore yeah absolutely um but yeah uh, I'm, I'm still i'm still i'm still not sure that we're gonna get playstation 6 game if this comes out like I, we're off we're like so many um, layers removed of or so many steps removed still of this thing actually coming to fruition, right? We're talking about something that seemingly is, seemingly is probably an R&D, right? This is like a um, a sparkle in Mark Cerny's eye right, <laughs> right now of a, of a thing. Thank <laughs> we you are for taking us to Speculation Station. Um, if I had to predict, I still don't think that PlayStation 6 games are going to be natively playable on, uh, on this thing. I know we just had the whole conversation, right? But I don't know. That's uh, That doesn't seem real to me. Like, so that here's, doesn't seem possible. Here's the thing, though, is it... It is possible. We're already having this, right? Like, yeah. it's like, it's already crazy that, like, some of these games can play on a Steam Deck or on any of the other, uh, the, the, the Raj Ally or the, um, you Legion. know, all yeah. the Legion, all those, the different ones. And we're just going to see those continue to get more powerful and have iterative things come out. Yeah. But the big thing is AI. The big thing is DLSS, super sampling, upscaling, all of that. Mm. That's the way you get these games to play on these things. And the advancements we've seen in that tech, like when me and Andy went to NVIDIA, uh, at this point it was 2019, I, I think. 
uh, and they did a real big blowout of DLSS, and we saw Death Stranding, and then they like were like showing us it, and they're like, "This is what it looks like like in 8K, right?" Upres DLSS, holy shit, it just worked and it blew our minds. And here we are, years removed. That stuff's just being added to like every game. Yeah, you know, like that stuff is just enhancing games and making them run, making beautiful games run in ways that to our eye look way better than they actually are. Yeah. That's only going to improve, and I feel like that it's that type of tech that is going to make all this work. I think that's a that's a very good argument that I wasn't even taking into account, and so that's a really good point. And like somebody in chat mentioned, bless the Steam Deck is real. Like, what what do you mean? When I play the Steam Deck, I play like Baldur's Gate three, for example. When I play Baldur's Gate three on the Steam Deck, it does not look as good as it does on my PC, obviously, mm. right? Because the Steam Deck doesn't have the internals that my PC at home has. It doesn't have the same GPU and all that stuff. When I think of what the PlayStation Six is going to be, I go. Can a handheld keep up with that? But to your point, AI, like DLSS, all that, like DLSS type of uh, technology, right? All that stuff could lend itself to, yeah, making the games on a PlayStation 6 portable type device work in a way that I associate with PCs, right? That's, that's my other thing with it too, is that for a Steam Deck or Lenovo Legion or all these other, the um, like all these other things that we're talking about, those are all PC devices. And PCs are scalable in a way that, you know, you expect that out of that platform. Whereas PlayStation, I don't expect the scalability. So here's the thing, though. Yeah. I think that they are, it's, we're already in a time where they are training us too, and that, that shift is changing. I think that, like, everything is meeting in the middle. We're talking earlier about uh, handheld gaming and how it went away and then came back. And it's like, really, when you look at it, it is just the meeting of Nintendo starting with Switch, Nintendo always being less powerful with, mm. with their system. So they've just de designed their games differently for decades now. But them getting rid of the 3D, their handheld, right? The 3DS and the Wii U, combining it to the Switch where it's one console for all of the library, right? Now we see the introduction of the Steam Deck and these mobile PCs, uh, handheld gaming devices, and we're seeing PC gaming from the indie all the way up to the AAA kind of colliding and the console and PC gamer. I feel like there's just this like center merging point of there at some point going to be more similarities than differences across Nintendo, PlayStation and Xbox and PC all coming together. And a, a piece of evidence of that is back in the day, you put a game in on console and it just works. You yeah. put that same game in on PC, you can have ultra settings, you can have low settings, you can have this, that, whatever. How far off is that from where we're at now? Putting a, a PlayStation Studios game in and having to make the choice between performance mode or uh, RTF mode or whatever, all the different modes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Console games are getting more PC-like. PC games are getting more console-like. There's a middle point that I think we're going to hit. So I want to bring in some YouTube Super Chats. Of course, you can write in with the YouTube Super Chats to get your questions, comments, whatever read on the show. Uh, I want to start off with Dear Sixlet, who says, I think it's, I think it's also par uh, partially the idea of a mobile game and a handheld game have become very distinct. Uh, in retrospect, uh, has favored the design of handheld. And I think that's a good point, where now that we're far enough into what mobile games are, we know what a mobile game is, right? And like, and that could be the, at the same time. That could be so many yeah. things, right? Because there's Call of Duty Mobile, and then there's Candy Crush, right? And mm -hmm. then there's um, Resident Evil Four, Resident Evil Four, and then there's Florence, right? Mm -hmm. and like, those can be some. Is it raining out? It is Jesus. pouring outside, thunderous. Um, yeah, man. If if we if everything goes black, maybe our power went out. Be aware of that chat live. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like mobile games can be so many things, right? But there is this distinction of oh, I know what a game on my phone looks like, whereas handheld, I think has carved out its own space because handheld is now just playing your console games on the go, which is yeah. a really cool thing. Now, everything I just said about meeting in the middle, I think you apply that to mobile games too. Like, I think that sure. they're well on their way putting out games like Death Stranding coming to mobile. Like, when I, and when I say mobile, I mean 
iOS and Android. Like, I feel like that stuff is going to happen more and more. Resident Evil 4 remake coming and running great. Like, it's it is a crazy time, man. It's a good time to like games. Uh, I got another super chat from Caleb who says, "With some creators blurring the lines between film and games, where do you guys think? Uh, yeah, where do you guys think that ultimately leads? And do you think that is a good thing?" I think it is a good thing because I think only the people that want to do it are going to. I don't think it's going to be a, this is the only way to make games in the same way that while games have always, the gaming industry and general public has always favored pushing realistic graphics as the gold standard, that doesn't stop Mario from existing or yeah. any of the, the multitudes of indie games or more art-focused games, right, or art-style-focused games. I think it's the same thing here where... I think it's great to push the tech and there's a lot of similarities between games and movies and to have that as its own thing is I think a beautiful thing and obviously something that a lot of us here enjoy quite a bit when you look at a lot of the the games that we tend to gravitate towards as a group mm -hmm. um, which are a lot of the PlayStation Studios titles that yeah. are very inspired by film. And I'll even push that further of uh, me and me, Greg and Janet also play like a lot of like Wales Interactive games and a lot of FMV stuff yeah. and like a lot of that stuff obviously takes inspiration from movies because it is fully, hey, we are, it's like a Bandersnatch style. We are making choices in this thing and seeing where these live action characters go. And I think a lot of that is fun. And I think, you know, I'm down with creatives finding ways to be more creative, creatives finding the tools that are going to help them create the art or tell the story that they want to tell. And I think live action stuff or film inspired stuff is a way to do that. On the other hand, I don't want the video games industry to go, hey, we gotta, we gotta be like film. We gotta chase Hollywood. We gotta do what they're doing because I think video games are their own thing. And um, I think video games by themselves are legitimate and should be looked at as, oh yeah, you don't have to chase Hollywood. You don't have to chase TV because video games as an art form is valid. That said, I think there's plenty of inspiration to take. And I think that goes both ways. I think there's plenty of inspiration that film and movies can take from video games as well. And we've seen it before. The latest John Wick movie had like a Hotline Miami inspired thing. That's fucking cool as hell. Black Mirror Bandersnatch, like I just mentioned, that is basically just a choose-your-own-adventure type thing. That is a way that movies and TV are taking inspiration the other way around. I think looking at other mediums, and it, it could be anything, right? It could be books. It could be visual art. It could be anything. Like, I, I, I think that's a healthy way to figure out different ways that you can be inspired and, like, grow the medium in different directions. Absolutely. Uh, we got another super chat from Casper who writes in and says, first of all, you guys are awesome and hope you're having a great day. Second, does Persona 3 Reload run well on the Steam Deck? Barry, do we have a report of that? Yeah, we talked about it on our review. Joey's been playing it on the deck, and she's been having a, a great time. I Actually, when she said that, I kind of regretted uh, not doing my playthrough on the deck because I was thinking about the trophies, and then I had a whole journey with the trophies, which, again, you can hear on our Persona 3 Reload review on PS I Love You this week. And then we have one more super chat from Street Shadow who says, On the topic of a Portal successor, I believe Sony has hinted that Portal was a test. They said it wasn't made for profit, but for engagement. This supports the reason uh, for investing in handhelds again. And I think, it's the, I think it's the thing of, I think Portal is a way to get people into the current PlayStation 5 ecosystem. More so than them going, is a handheld, like, should we make an actual handheld or not? I still look at Portal as more of an accessory as opposed to a handheld device. Absolutely. And as a way to go, hey, get more people reason, give more people reasons to, like, play their PlayStation 5 in, in, in a different way. That said, I think a PlayStation 6 Portable would serve, like, a similar sort of objective of, hey, yeah, here's another way to play your PlayStation 6. You know, and so I think it works together in that way. Yeah. Let's move on to story number two. But before we do... Let me tell you about ads. Uh, over on patreon.com slash kind of funny, you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. 
Kind of Funny turns nine years old today. We could have made it nine days without your support. That's why 2024 is all about doubling down on our shows and making it simpler than ever for you to get the most out of our content. Our revamped Kind of Funny membership is your one-stop shop for all our amazing content, which now includes on a weekly basis, the Kind of Funny podcast, In Review, the Kind of Funny games cast, PS I Love You XOXO, the Kind of Funny X cast, the brand new series Kind of Funny Game Showdown. Five episodes of Kinda Funny Games Daily and five exclusive Gregway vlogs. And five days of streaming fun with me and the gang here in our newly revamped streaming space. It's gonna be filled with a ton of laughter and a whole lot of shenanigans. We'll see you there. That's more than 20 pieces of content a week from an 11 person independent team in San Francisco. That's a lot. And to get the most out of it, all we're asking for is $10. $10 gets you the Kind of Funny membership, and that entitles you to ad-free versions of the shows, the ability to watch the podcast live as we record them, and the exclusive access to my daily show, Gregway. You can get your Kind of Funny membership on patreon.com slash kindoffunny or youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Yes, we are expanding our Kind of Funny membership offering to YouTube so people can take full advantage of the platform they prefer. If you want to go above and beyond the Kind of Funny membership to support us, we will still have higher Patreon tiers, albeit with some changed up perks. We just wanted to make the message as clear as possible that the $10 Kind of Funny membership is for the masses to get all the core content people love. Everything above that is very appreciated. The support means the world to us. You all are the best. But the $10 Kind of Funny membership available on both Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny and YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games is where we see the value of what we do. Kind of Funny is a dream come true and we wouldn't have it without you. We hope if you've ever enjoyed the content, you can support us for at least a month as we prepare for our biggest year ever. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. And we're back with story number two. We got a quick state of play recap for you. I'm just going to go through all the games. We got a Helldivers trailer. Uh, we got Stellar Blade. Uh, that's coming April 26th. Uh, Sonic Cross Shadow Generations was announced. That's coming this autumn. 
Zenless Zone Zero was announced for a PS5 that's coming this year. Foam Stars got a trailer. Dave the Diver got a trailer for PlayStation 5. It's coming this April with Godzilla Crossover coming in May. V Rising was announced for 2024. Silent Hill, the short message, uh, was announced as a full game that's free to play currently. It was available yesterday. Still get it right now. Pretty Greg cool. and Mike uh, played, uh, I don't know if, if it was the entire thing, but they played a little bit uh, yesterday evening on Twitch. There you go. Uh, Silent Hill 2 also got a trailer. Judas got a trailer. Metro that's Awakening. Awesome. It looked incredible. Metro Awakening got a trailer, and that's a VR game coming to PlayStation VR. Uh, Legendary Tales got a trailer, and it's coming out February 8th. That's another PSVR game. Dragon's Dogma 2 got a trailer. Rise of the Ronin got a trailer. Until Dawn was announced uh, as coming 2024 to PlayStation 5. Death Stranding 2 got a trailer, and it was announced for 2025. Kojima is making an action espionage game, and then they announced a state of play for Final Fantasy is coming February 6th. Whoa. That was Holy shit, That was dude. fucking insane. Did that catch on the mic, Barrett, at all? Uh, it's hard to tell. That was some loud-ass thunder chat. Yeah, that was crazy. I've never heard that in San Francisco. Dude, I felt that. Yeah. That was that crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, people are saying they heard it. That was wild. <laughs> Holy well, shit. shit. Um, all right, a couple things here to break down, Bless. Mm-hmm. Good state of play overall. I honestly, all things considered, I would say it was a great state of play. For what I expect from a state of play, that was a great state of play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they let us know what they were going to do. They delivered, and there was some major surprises. Are the surprises games that we're going to be playing right now? Well, in the case of Silent Hill, yes. But uh, Kojima making a tacti- tactical espionage action game. Isn't. Holy hell. We are now a day removed from this announcement, and I still can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. I can't. I know we're going to be talking about this thing for a decade, probably. Mm-hmm. But it's happening. It's happening. I have like, I mean, Kojima. Were, I mean, it's going to be a while before we see this game. But I think Kojima has proven that he is somewhat efficient <laughs> in terms of like making games and them actually coming out. Like, we, I can't believe that we got Death Stranding in what 2019. That game was announced 2016. That's insane. Like, we, we got that turnaround. Death Stranding 2 is about to come out in 2025. It's, it's a little bit longer of a development cycle compared to the first one. But, like, it's actually coming out. Fizzent, I, I, I'm, what's this Andy tweet? Oh, the Kojima's uh, tweeted, I'm just too tired and exhausted these days. Andy quote tweets it and says this tweet makes so much more sense now. Um, but, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Fizzent isn't a decade, <laughs> a decade away. I, I, like, maybe it is like a, oh, we see this in six to seven years. Yeah, I, I actually think that is probably more in line yeah. uh, with it. But um, also just considering... I'm still going to be 36 years old by, by that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Around the time that that happens, I, I think that we'll, there'll be you know console generation shenanigans of where it falls, of like how mm-hmm. early in the life cycle of the next thing. But regardless, this is very exciting. It's so cool to see Kojima out there uh, showing off an amazing trailer for Death Stranding 2. And then continuing the hype with this it's just wild to think that we have multiple kojima projects to be excited about and i really love that in so many ways it's kind of like hey what have you ever liked about kojima do you like the kojima productions era with death stranding and it it having this vibe cool you're getting a sequel to that did you like the pt moment in time yeah you get od do you want what you all know you actually fucking want which is just more metal gear but not metal gear i was talking about this um months and months ago on ps i love you and greg uh like greg challenged me on it and like i've thought about it more and i still stand by it uh when i was playing death stranding for on steam deck uh and i finally played all the way through and actually finished it for the first time last year or two years ago um i i went on place i went on ps i love you and was talking about it and i was like dude death stranding for the weird thing it is 
the production behind it, the cutscenes, the performances, the visuals. If this was just a straight up Kojima action game, it would it could be it would easily be a game of the year contender, if not like just easily get game of the year just for everything that that game does. But it's a fucking like mail simulator, right? Which is a divisive thing for what for the kind of game that is, and also has a fear, a, a weird ass story. Um, if it was more of a straight up, straightforward action game, I was like, yo, this would be considered by a lot of people like one of the greatest things ever. And we're getting that. Like that is what Kojima seems to be making with Fizzent. And yeah, like I can't believe that we're in a place where we have all these different projects for uh, no matter who you are in terms of like a Kojima fan, you're getting that. Now that worries me a little bit of how are you doing all this at the same time? Are you going to be able to it's carry not even all just that? this? Right? Because like you add on top of this, there I saw a tweet today of like all the different Kojima projects that are going on. And there's so much. There's a documentary about Death Stranding coming out on yeah. Disney Plus in a couple months. And sure, at this point, it's probably done. But that's something that he was heavily involved in and takes time. Yeah. I mean, he just got done with a podcast series <laughs> like not that long ago. He just does shit. And then there's the movies uh, coming out, the, the Death, Death Stranding, Stranding and all that. So it's like, yeah, there's there's so much, so much going on. But I do think that this is like the new era, a new level of what these iconic game creators can do like we've seen the success of last of us on hbo we've seen the success of the super mario brothers movie shit changes for people and when you get that type of change that type of influx of new potential revenue streams and new potential audience more than anything mm -hmm. like kojima games can hit more people than ever and he has more power than ever to do it like it's kind of it's wild out there. Uh, Barrett, I sent a, a tweet in the, the Games Daily doc at the end of the story here uh, that I just wanted about to, that puppet, to pull man. up. That's, the, that's like, that was my big takeaway from yeah, the state of play. He's just out that there puppeting, puppet, man. Just two frames per second, just doing his thing. I, I just love this. I love this tweet so much. Kojima tweets, woke up early and watched it real time. Thank you, everyone, for watching. How was it? Mm -hmm. And it's just him sitting at his desk watching the state of play live with everybody. And I just think that this is one of the coolest things ever. Is, yeah. a, is a creator. He edited this trailer himself, like he always does with these things. He cares so much about this, and he just wants to have the moment. And I've been there on a much, 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 much smaller scale. But like, I just really appreciate that somebody so awesome out there that has made so much amazing art that I've enjoyed so much. Yeah, is it still gets this moment? Still gets this feeling of just like, look what I did. Yeah, I was I was having a conversation the, uh, this morning with somebody about auteurs and the idea of auteurs and like how. I think a lot of auteurs can be can be pretentious, if not all our auteurs can be pretentious. And we're gotten in a conversation about Kojima, and they're kind of sharing that like, oh yeah, like I don't know how I feel about Kojima. Like I feel like he is pretentious, all this stuff. And I and I was like, honestly, like fair on like even the examples they gave me, I was like, okay, fair. The thing that I will say to shoot bail, and this is for people who might be listening, that are like, oh man, these guys fucking just fucking love Kojima, talk about Kojima all the time. At the very least, the thing I want to give is that this man makes weird ass shit at a very high budget in a very high production value. And I think that at the very least, that is so valuable. Like, even if you don't vibe with his games, if you're somebody who's like, oh man, I just don't get it, all that stuff. I think all that stuff is fair because not everybody's gonna hit for everybody, but- I don't like Death Stranding. Yeah, like Tim doesn't like Death Stranding. I'm sure there's like plenty, like, like not, it's hard for me to sell a lot of people on things like immortality or things that are like, oh man, this is somebody with a specific vision that's doing something different, but it's gonna hit for a certain uh, amount of people. I think the fact that Kojima can be able to like, you know, for especially for a PlayStation first party, which we talk about all the time, God of Wars, Last of Us is like these third person action games that feel like surefire bets in a lot of ways, but also feel like, you know, they want to be these blockbusters. They want to be these things that are going to speak to all the fan, like all the PlayStation fans. 
Death Stranding 2 looks so fucking bonkers and looks so fucking like I can't I, I can't make out most of what's going on here. All I know is that I see Troy Baker with a guitar fighting a cyborg with a, that that sounds like a baby. <laughs> and like I don't know. Like I I think it's really really cool and really neat that we can get people that are able to go, "Hey, I have the power to pitch something that is weird." And PlayStation greenlights it because I have this reputation. I th- I I I I don't know. I that's something that I enjoy. That's something that I that I that I value. I'm I'm so with you. And yeah, it's not going to be for everybody, but I also think that uh what if we're talking about artists being pretentious as if that is the worst thing in the world, I think our priorities are a little misaligned. Mm-hmm. Now, I told you before the show, Tim, I got some shit to say. Mm, shit on me, bless. Is Silent Hill cooked? Like, I, did you say, have you seen any of the response to the Silent Hill stuff? No. So, like, in, in chat, like, let me know. I didn't watch the stream last night of the Silent Hill, the short message. But, like, I wasn't seeing a lot of glowing things about it. And then Silent Hill 2 trailer, like, because I'm not a Silent Hill person, I, like, was looking up just, like, uh, oh, I was just on Twitter regularly, like, not even looking it up. And I saw people respe- re- uh, reacting to Silent Hill 2. It seems like a lot of people aren't feeling this Silent Hill shit. And it makes me wonder, like, coming off of that, and then also, like, I think there was a recently, like, the Silent Hill, like, Choose Your Own Adventure TV show thing that it seemed like a lot of people weren't enjoying either. Are we at a place with Silent Hill that, like, we got to reconfigure, we got to re- re- <laughs> refigure out some things? Plus, I, I got some... Some, some shit to say too. Okay, t- t- I don't think shit. so. I think Silent Hill is what it is, uh-huh. and I think that like the, I don't know what people would expect besides what we're getting here. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Silent Hill, legendary series, people love, and the people that love them love them for great reasons. Specifically, some of the entries like Silent Hill too. I I don't I don't know what they could be asking for that they're not getting. Yeah. With, with what we're we're seeing here, with I just saw Hill a lot too. of ups like. Uh, Upset more than even usual for when it's like, oh man, a game I'm looking forward to has a bad trailer. Like people were distraught yeah. <laughs> on the Twitter that I saw. I mean, you know, it's, I think that there's just levels to some of this shit and, you know, Capcom has really proven that they, they got the stuff and mm-hmm. that internal teams and the RE engine and all these things combined to the Resident Evil remakes being awesome. Uh, when you look at the Silent Hill side, it's like, all right, we got Konami at top. We're, we're working with, um, Oh man, what's the name of the, the Bloober team? Oh yeah, and it's like you know decisions being made where I'm like, A plus B equals C, and C is what we saw yesterday. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Is there anything from uh, else from the state of play you want to uh, talk about? Tackle. Of course, you can go watch our games cast from yesterday where we went beat by beat. Um, I watched the Sonic's Cross Shadows Generation trailer again, me too. and then also went to the website and read like the, the the thing they had to say about it, and I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, I'm all the oh, way in. Okay. Yeah, I'm so in, man. I, I'm excited I for it. Any excuse to replay that game, I'm gonna take it. I already do once a year, anyways. <laughs> like, <laughs> I also love that the website for it is called shadowgenerations.com. It's just tied. I, I almost wish they just called it Shadow Generations because yeah. that would have gotten a pop for me. But yeah, here they say Shadow the <laughs> Shadow the Hedgehog is back and teaming up with classic and modern Sonic and Sonic Cross Shadow Generations, an all new collection featuring two unique characters. Play a Shadow the Hedgehog in a brand new story campaign. That was the thing that I was missing. That I think Greg pro- uh, brought up um, when he was bringing up the press release stuff. But uh, it's a brand new story campaign with Shadow, and then of course the iconic 2D and 3D stages as classic and modern Sonic in the newly remastered version of Sonic Generations. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm down. Totally, man. Yeah, you got me. Very excited. I mean, if anything, I'm just excited that this might make Sonic Adventure 2 playable. Because I love Sonic Adventure mm-hmm. 2 as an idea, 
as a nostalgia thing, but playing that game is torture. Yeah. And if I just get the Generations version of that of the Shadow story, that's literally all I need. And it seems like we're going to get that and more. So let's go. Let's go. Story number three, Supermassive Games' co-founders have left the company. This is Chris Scolian at Video Games Chronicle. The co-founders of Until Dawn and the Quarry Studio Supermassive Games have stepped down from the company. As spotted by Game Rant, the announcement was made recently on the studio's LinkedIn page with a message saying, uh, with a message paying tribute to co-founders Pete and Joe Samuels. Quote, after 15 amazing years, we say goodbye to our, uh, our founders. Uh, the message reads, Pete and Joe, thank you for creating the Supermassive Games story that, will con- that we will continue to write. Your supermassive legacy will live on. Uh, we all wish you both the very best of luck in your next chapter, end quote. Pete Samuels posted his own message explaining that his decision to step down was based on health reasons. Thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. This is some good games. Yeah. Look forward to the future of Supermassive. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Story number four. This is a rumor. Uh, this is one that Baird had posted on the Slack, and I thought it was very intriguing. Uh, Persona 3 Reload DLC plans have seemingly leaked. Uh, this is Truman 2 at Game Rant. A notable Persona 3 Reload leaker has stated that Atlas has post-launch DLC plans for the game, with one DLC being based on the Ainster epilogue from uh, Persona 3 FES. The developers previously said Reload would not include some of the exclusive content from the uh, past Persona 3 re-releases, such as the answer from Persona 3 FES. Midori is a very prominent leaker of Atlas's games, uh, having leaked the existence of Persona 3 Reload before its official reveal, along with other Sega-produced projects meaning she has a pretty reliable uh, track record. Her latest tweet says that Persona 3 Reload will be getting DLC based on the answer epilogue from Persona 3 FES with more information being provided at a later date. Uh, Barrett, on the review for Persona 3 Reload, Greg had asked, asked you the question, is Persona 3 Reload the definitive version of Persona 3? If they get this answer DLC, does it become the definitive version? Does that help make your answer more clear? Um... It's tough because <clears throat> there's, you know, the answer, which was the added uh, story content um, for Persona 3 Fez, which acted as like a pretty beefy uh, epilogue to the main story of Persona 3. But then there's also the FEMC stuff and this leaker Midori has uh, noted that at least as of right now, there are no plans to add a uh, FEMC into Persona 3 Reload. And I think that's also like if you're taking of like the added stuff, that would make the uh, Persona 3 Reload the definitive version. If what we hear is true uh, on these uh, r- uh, reported rumors, like, I think they're halfway there to making a definitive version, but I think, you know, there is still a version out there that had FEMC, that had all of these reworked social links. Um, that means a lot to a, a lot of people who really love Persona 3. So I think it's like, it, it, it's a tough uh question to answer. Uh, mm. I, I like how Michael Hyam puts it. Uh, he always says that maybe part of Persona 3's legacy is that it never has a definitive version. With that being said, I think this is, I think this is cool. I like, I understand there are probably people out there who are definitely frustrated that this did not launch with, uh, the answer. And I'll be like, I'll be the one to remind people. The answer is not a fun thing to play. I really like it story-wise. Uh, and I mentioned this in our review of like, the more I played Reload, the more I kind of understood like why they didn't initially include the answer, why FMC uh, like uh, wasn't included in this. Cause there would have to be a lot of work <laughs> done to include those things. Most notably for the answer to not make it as just head bash against wall gameplay wise in a very not fun way. And to try to trim that up, um, it's, it, 
I think it's like roughly 20 to 30 hours. And I think it would be like a really good 15 hour kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and then with FemC in the social link or social side of the game, they would have to make a completely other remake to include into this. Right. Cause they got to rework like all the, the romance options and the, the other remix social links and all that stuff. Um, so I, I, I think this is definitely better than the alternative, uh, right. Bless where it's like, they could come out with a Persona 3 Reload Royal, you know, where yeah. it's like it's like an entirely different skew where the main story is pretty much is still the same. And then it includes the answer. Right. I think this reportedly being DLC that can be added on to this game that who knows what the pricing point will be. Um, I know the, the Midori, I think, compared their DLC plans uh, of this to like uh, Judgment for some reason. I don't know. Like, yeah. Just like. Whatever that kind of timeline was, I think this is a better alternative than what they've done in the past. Mm -hmm. um, and also, like, I, I can understand them maybe not wanting to launch it uh, uh, with the main game just to give people time. Yeah. Not feel like they got to rush through it. I mean, especially if it's like, the answer if the stuff. answer isn't like a great thing, like gameplay wise. Like, I already saw some, as you're talking about, there are a couple of people in chat that are like, yeah, I'm not like a big fan of the answer. If you release a Persona, Persona 3 Reload with it, maybe that does like, heard it in reviews right and maybe yeah, it's more maybe. of a thing for hey if you're a fan of the answer like we'll give it yeah. to you later it could be dope as and, this and is, I, again i think it's probably like a lot more work to make the answer more palatable in 2024 so mm -hmm. I, I do wonder if it was like early on they're like hey we do want to do this but maybe let's kind of push it down the line and figure it out once we actually uh get more in the meat of the the remake itself so yeah story number five this is a big grain of salt one, just for the circumstances of it. So this is a grain of salt uh, rumor, and also let's take us to speculation station. Choo choo, choo choo. Did you see that? There was like a ring that came out. Dude, it's been happening every once in a while, and it's cool as hell. That was wild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I, sh I should like if I was Super Mario, I'd like fly through it. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dreams might have been canceled on PC, question mark, question mark. So this is one that came from Noble this morning. Um, he tweeted out, according to Lance McDonald, a PS5 and PC version of Dreams uh, uh, was done and ready to ship, but got canceled last minute after the Media Molecule layoffs. The PS5 version featured mouse and keyboard support and ray tracing. He then, Noble, links to the Twitch clip of Lance McDonald talking about it. I clicked the link when I was trying to like decide if, whether or not to add this to the Roper Report. The link is gone. Like the stream Ooh. is gone. The video is gone. So I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Lance McDonald, I believe, is a notable like person. Like I think usually Lance McDonald knows things. So I don't know what to do with that. All I will Great say is, assault, then. yeah. All I all I all I will say is that yeah, dreams on PC would have been incredible. Like it would have been like such a slam dunk for people who are, you know, creatives out there, people who are young and want to make video games, all this stuff. PS5 or playing it on PlayStation. You know, I think. I, I think the the accessibility of dreams on PlayStation wouldn't doesn't I think expose it to the audience. I would really push it to the limit. I think the PC players, especially with mouse and keyboard, would have pushed dreams in a way that we would have seen a lot more cool shit coming out of it. I think dreams is a great example of just timing not being in their favor. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like if dreams media molecule today and so many different things would have to happen to for this to line up. But I think it would come out and it would be on PlayStation Five. It would be on. PC, yeah. it'd be free to play, or yeah. at least part of PlayStation Plus, and I think that it would be given so much more of a chance to really find the audience that it needs in order to be a success. Yeah. Like this is the, the type of game that needs a community, or else it's nothing. The thing, like the thing that I 
would have loved to see from Dreams. If we can go back in time and like redo it all and go, all right, how do we want to like release this? How do we want to frame this thing? It would have been, all right, Dreams games that people make and produce are available for free. If you're like, you don't have to have Dreams. You can just put it out. It is a Dreams app that I would, uh, that I would compare to something like YouTube, right? Hey, go over here and play all these games that people made for free and have fun with it. If you want to buy Dreams, the application actually make video games Cool. Charge 30 bucks for it. Have people buy it so they can actually make the games. But yeah, have that available on both PlayStation and PC. And also give people the option to export their games and charge for them if they want to, right? As long as all the assets and whatever they're using is theirs that they made, give people that option. Like I think Dreams was Dreams as a tool is so powerful. And when I would do like the um the Dreams like award season thing that they would do usually in February, the um, I forget, the MPs. When I would do the MP Awards and I'm judging like the best, the dream of the year, essentially, I would go every single year, year after year, and find things that are, oh, this is just an incredible video game. Like, this isn't just a great dreams creation. This is a great creation, period. Like, I go, I, I think of, uh, there's a game called Lock that was essentially like The Witness, but with like word puzzles. And that game was fucking sick. There's that. There's plenty. Like, go over to The Blessing Show that was our dreams episode, and I highlight, like, like, a handful of games that are really, really cool games. Those, if they were just on the PlayStation Store for, for 5 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever, those would have been really cool things to have. But I think the framing of dreams, the, yeah, like, the timing of it, everything of, of how they handled it, I don't think paid it justice. And, man, I'm not seeing this video in a while. <laughs> I was, that was a jump scare, seeing me as a dream again. <laughs> Jesus. It was a dream. <laughs> Tim. Yeah. That was a lot of big news. So big. We just talked about. But if I wanted something smaller, say the tiniest news I needed to know about, where would I go? You go to our last story, the Wii News Channel, where we cover all the small news items you need to know about. Story number six. It's time for some Wii News. Alan Wake 2 has added an update that tones down its jump scares. Interesting. There you go. There you go. I don't know if you saw the hubbub about this. It was a little... Uh, <laughs> A little controversy where Kotaku put up an article where it was very much like one of those ones where, oh, you missed the mark. You missed the mark on like what this thing was for, right? Because it was the, the writer essentially being like, oh man, uh, uh, Alan Wake 2 put out an update for babies or whatever if you're somebody who can't handle this. And it was very, if you, I read the full thing, it was them trying to put, poke fun at themselves of like, totally. oh, I'm a scaredy cat. And so this update is for people like me. But they missed sort of the idea that this is actually for people who have um like epilepsy or are like you know can be can uh, be affected with like seizures and stuff uh, like that from the visuals that are in Alan Wake 2 totally missed that and when I tell you that I feel for that writer oh like, for sure dumb article but ah oh, man you made look, a it bad was joke they apologize like, <laughs> yeah. honestly this is the type of thing that we need to, to look at and like show some grace to the whole thing because yeah. it's like when we're, we're looking at headlines that are an update that tones down jump scares that's phrased in a way that's framing the conversation around the scares not around the epilepsy yeah so Again, good thing to take it down and to like listen to the feedback, but also, yeah. Uh, moving on, Tales of Kenzera Zhao uh, Steam Yo. Next Fest demo is now live. Let's freaking go! Uh, Devil May Cry Four and Devil May Cry Three special special edition just got delisted on stream on Steam. I'm reading from a Wario sixty four tweet. Uh, Devil May Cry Four special edition is still available. There's no other DMC three version uh, except the one in DMC HD collection. Right when you got your deck, Tim. I'm I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, interesting. This is like the second time we've had this happen in, in the last week of a game getting delisted. So. Wonder what's going on here. 
Uh, and this one comes from VGC. Amazon has revealed the next wave of free titles uh, that will be available to Prime members. Uh, February 1st, uh, you're getting Fallout. Uh, you're also getting Breakout Recharged. On February 8th, you're getting Missile Command Recharged. Uh, February 15th, Criminal Archives, Alphabetic Murders. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's where we're <laughs> Collector's at, Edition. Uh, you're also getting Tempest 4000. Uh, February 22nd, you're getting Blade Assault. And then the 29th, you're getting Gravatar Recharged. And that's it for Wii News. Alphabetic murders. You think he's you think he's going through the phone book and is like, all right, we're gonna start with Adam Adams <laughs> and we're taking this guy out. That's oh crazy. man. Oh, that's really funny. Now it's time. Actually, before before we go, you're on. Do you have any super chats? We do. We got uh, CJ splits on saying Death Stranding feels like a triple A indie game. Rare. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's a, a good way to put it. Totally. And depending on how you define indie, <laughs> actually might be te- technically correct. Kojima Productions not yeah, you're owned right. by anybody. You're right. Uh, and then we have this one from Raymond here. Oh, uh, bless. What's the best black character in gaming? I don't know. I, I really, I, it's like me, Joe. I don't know. Does anything <laughs> pop in your mind, though? I mean, I like the characters in Deathloop. I thought they were really cool. I'm trying to think. I know there's probably a really good answer for this, but like for whatever reason, the first character that immediately popped to mind was Barrett from I knew, Final Fantasy VII. And I I'm like, it. that's not the right answer. Yeah. That's definitely not the right answer, even though I liked him a lot in Remake. In Remake, I thought they did a lot of good stuff with Barrett. Original FF7 Barrett? Oh, man. But yeah, I'm looking at chat. To see, oh, wow, Lee from Walking Dead. That's a good one. Lee Everett. Shout out Lee Everett. Miles uh, is a good one. But that's the thing. The problem is that, you know, it's the same characters that come to mind. And it's not a problem. Like, if I ask you who's the best white character in, in video games, I could I could name like ten people. Name you know, him. fucking Alan Wake. <laughs> Do we got everybody? We got Alan Wake. Alan Wake. I don't know why that's so Woo! fucking funny. That Alan Wake. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Alan Wake is like that. That's actually really fucking funny. That he's like the first man that comes to mind. But yeah. Shout, I guess shout out to Soggy Anderson too. Uh, Bear, bring, Bear brings up the puppet from uh, Death Stranding, who I guess yeah, does look like a puppet version of Alan Wake. So funny. But yeah, there you go. That's my answer. Uh, and I think that's it for Super Chats. Cool. Now it's time for katafunny.com slash you're wrong. I think it's the fact that Alan Wake is such like the prototypical, like it doesn't get more like white man than Alan Wake. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like he immediately popped mine. Like, immediately. Gabe Logan? I could not tell you anything about Gabe Logan. The guy from Infamous. Cole. Cole. <laughs> Cole. Cole's Cole. my answer, actually. Uh, let's see what we got for out today. Or not, not out today, sorry. For you're wrong. <laughs> Somebody writes in and says three dog from Fallout 3. I love y'all. Um, Alan Wake. Uh, super fan <laughs> says uh, the update for Alan Wake 2 adds not only a slider for jump scares but chapter select for trophy hunters there you go oh that's really useful especially for some of those uh, collectibles that might get be annoying to get to later on in the game I love that I love updates like that I, I think it's really cool that you know for all the downsides of having to have firmware updates and patches and all this stuff it is cool that when there is a, a need and like people the oh shit like people are trying to get these trophies and stuff mm-hmm. if we just added this thing it'd really help them yeah. good good on you uh then razio says john wick overhead sequence was inspired by the hong kong massacre not hotline miami i appreciate that there you go and that's it we're kind of funny.com slash you're wrong tim it's been another excellent episode of kfgb mm-hmm. yes alan wake is the one i mean he's very white you're not wrong <laughs> he's the guy i can't what's funny is that i can't think of any other white character 
I forgot. I got a wick. It's like the you worst. named Cole. You named Cole. You yeah, but you. it took me a while to get to Cole. And honestly, it was because somebody in chat said infamous, and Joel? I was like, oh, that guy's white. But Joel's for some white? reason, Alan Wick is. <laughs> I can't name another white character. He fucking says it's like because he's like like a fucking hipster ass or a, like writer. Like, oh man, it's so perfect. He's so perfect. Shout out Alan Wick, Trevor from GTA. Oh, Trevor's the one that comes to mind for you? It's been kind of funny games daily, of course. Yeah, do all the stuff. Subscribe. <laughs> do the <laughs> like, stuff. Like us on YouTube, I guess. <laughs> Out the, the game daily. 